Movie fans and fight fans of all ages. Let's get ready to rumble! In the spirit of Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, it's Freddy versus Jason. It's me. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the final episode of this particular arc of Movie Deja Boo. Ooh. <laughs> that was very spooky. <laughs> Sorry if I scared you. <laughs> um, this is the podcast that answers the question, didn't I see this somewhere? But this week it's going to be a little bit different. <laughs> I am your first co-host, Fredhead Shady. I almost called myself Courtney. No. And, and with me, as always, is Machete Mate John. Hi, everyone. Or should I say, good day, mates. <laughs> um, so Fredhead is a term that is usually used to describe fans of A Nightmare on Elm Street, but I don't know if there's a term like that for fans of Friday the 13th. So Can't we made... Flutters? <laughs> Ooh. Camp Blutters. We made but I think up. Machete Mate sounds better. I do too. I like the alliteration. Plus, I wasn't sure if you were trying to do like old AIM screen names right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Fredhead XOXO, a capital X, lowercase x, and then the asterisk star. That's my, that's my screen name on AIM. And I'm Machete Mate 666. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, remember AIM? Remember posting angsty song lyrics as like your away message? Away message. <laughs> and people be like, what does this even mean? It's like, <laughs> I'm away. Yeah. Right? And maybe I'm listening to Good Charlotte right now. Yeah. So speaking of AIM, that takes us back to the year 2003. Oh, good <laughs> sexy segue. <laughs> Which is the year that Freddy vs. Jason was released. It was written by Damian Shannon and Mark Swift with characters based, from, based off of the stories by Wes Craven and Victor Miller. And it was directed by Ronnie Yu. Uh, and with that, we have a Rotten Tomato score. I know we haven't done this in a while, guys, so <laughs> bear with us. But yeah. the Rotten Tomatoes score of 41% splat, which is too high in my opinion. And then um, Metacritic is... 37 out of 100, and that is out of 29 reviews. We have four positive, 13 mixed, and 12 negative. However, fun, funnily enough, since I have the Metacritic page right up with, uh, next to me, the user score is an 8.4. Out of 10? Have, out of 10, yeah. You have 344 positive reviews, 65 mixed reviews, and 27 negative reviews. <laughs> the face that Shady's making me um, is of utter disgust and surprise and shock. <laughs> I mean... She doesn't know... She has so many emotions going on, and she's just like, I don't know if I should trust people on Metacritic anymore. But luckily, they are not reviewers. They are just users. So. Right. It's just the, the users. But it's weird because I don't think I know anyone who thinks this is a great movie. I know people who will defend portions of it and who like it in a it's bad, but I like it anyway type of way, similar to how I like A Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Right. Um, but if you were, if push come to shift, you were given a rating out of 10. It would not this, be it would not be eight. It would be right. like a five. Right. Like it's enjoyable, but you see the flaws. There's yes. a lot of them. Maybe a four even. Because like you watch it I, somewhat ironically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen this. It. I have seen this movie more than once. So like it's, and, and not just for this podcast. So I can't even say it's so awful. I'd never watch it. But I mean, it does also track that it's very popular with, um, the user ratings only because the box office for this movie was stupid high. 
Oh yeah, do you have those numbers? Yeah, so the total box office, uh, according to Google for this movie, is $116.6 million off of a budget of $25 million. That's the highest for any entry into either franchise. I feel like it's also the highest budget for either franchise. Probably is. I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, Different money than what they used back then. Right. Back in the uh, 80s. I mean, I think it was probably a smart gamble to think that this movie would make a lot of money. But, whew. You, I mean, this was $25 No, million. wait a second. It may, I feel like, though, we talked about this with Nightmare on Elm Street. We didn't really get into box offices that much with Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. But the original Nightmare on Elm Street made like 5,000%, right? Or something like some ridiculous number like that? I think it was like, like uh, it was made on just over a million dollars and it made 57 million. So it was yeah. about, it was a little, it was more than 50 times its uh, production budget. Right. Whereas this is like four times its, uh, like five times its production budget. Yeah. I mean, that is the thing with horror movies is you can risk making them on a lower budget because people who like horror movies will go see all of them. You have like a very devoted fan base. I'm I'm um, one of those people. Right. I don't want to talk about the fact that I saw Fantasy Island before I went to <laughs> pandemic. And that was the <laughs> last movie I saw in theaters for a while. But oh. yeah, I did. The last one I saw was Emma. So not a horror movie. Not a horror movie. I saw <laughs> Blumhouse's Fantasy Island. <laughs> I gave that money. <laughs> Do you regret it? 50 times bold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, obviously, we are fans of horror movies as a genre, but not necessarily every horror movie ever, and we are not really fans of this one. Uh, no. Um. But we're also going to take this opportunity to compare the two franchises to each other, two franchises at large. And obviously we're going to get into particulars as far as what is Freddy versus what is Jason and why is that the duo that people wanted to see the most fight each other. Right. And I did take, I do have my trusty notes in front of me. I don't really remember a lot of the stuff I wrote down. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. But it's all the pretty colors. Yeah. Hold on, let me grab my notebook because I have some notes. I did also make note of like references that this movie made to other movies in the franchise. So maybe I'll get to that in our discussion. Okay. Someone remind me. Yeah. (laughs) Shady, I know we've talked a lot off camera about this movie and you were... (laughs) So thrilled. There's some sarcasm in my voice. I don't know if that translated. <laughs> why don't you tell us at large why you hated this movie with a fiery passion? There are things that I do think are good and admirable about this movie, but there's one plot point that I hate. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, because I think it does a disservice to both this movie and the whole Friday the 13th franchise, at least as far as Jason Voorhees' character. So they do this whole thing in this movie, and I don't think it comes from a bad place. I just think it comes from a place of, I know the origins of these characters, but I didn't really pay attention to the rest of their characterization throughout the franchises. You mean like the screenwriters did that, or you personally did that? No, uh, like the screenwriters did that, and and... I do want to say that uh, the men who wrote this franchise are openly big fans of both of both franchises. Um, Meanwhile, director Ronnie Yu did not see a single movie prior to this. Did he? In the interviews that he gave on one of the documentaries, Never Sleep Again or Crystal Lake Memories, I can't remember which one. He said that he never saw any of them. Okay. Prior to filming. Right. And in his defense, he's also not American. But still, and they you're have, given this project, you think you'd watch one of each. <laughs> but this is something that's in the script. This is not a choice that he made. This is a choice that the screenwriters made, who are fans of both series. But they play with this idea that because 
Freddie was originally killed in a fire, he has an aversion to fire um, that could be read as a fear of it. And because Jason, as a child, originally drowned and they're very unclear still throughout the franchise whether he actually died and was resurrected or if he was thought dead and became a survivalist in the woods. But either way, the big traumatizing event in his backstory was that he drowned, so they make him hydrophobic in this movie. But here's the thing. When we talked about Friday the 13th, I tried to bring attention to the fact that there's a lot of rain and they set a lot of stuff around water mm-hmm. to represent that to present the fact that Jason is a force of nature. And on the opposite end, in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, Freddy is very often associated with heat and fire, and he brings people to the same boiler room where he was killed, and he uses fire himself a lot. These are not things, despite them being the things that were part of the big traumatizing event in their backstory, these are not things that they're afraid of. These are things that they welcome wholeheartedly. Yeah. And it does. If Jason's a hydrophobe, why does he spend the rest of his life around a lake? <laughs> why does he bring his victims to a lake? Right. Sometimes. He, yeah. He. There's at least one victim that he drowns in. I think part seven. Part seven. And then in part three, uh, part four, there's one girl who's murdered on a raft, and he clearly was waiting underwater for her to be able to yeah. stab her. Yeah, so I want to say at least one death that's at least by the lake. Yeah. Um, and then always there's a death montage in one of the movies that take place during the rain. Yeah. In the Friday the 13th series. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that water, and I don't think it was ever the intention of the filmmakers to make water a thing that represents Jason's strength. But I do think that that's there and that you can fairly read into it. And then also in general, again, this is a thing that I think is completely accidental, but there are a lot of cool colors. There's a a lot of cool color palettes used throughout the Friday the 13th movies. So a lot of blues and greens and colors that you would associate with water. Whereas with Nightmare on Elm Street, um, they make it a lot more blatant uh, because they do take a more expressionistic approach visually than the Friday movies do, but there's always lots of red and warm colors that you would associate with fire around Freddy. So it would make sense to me, if I were the one writing this movie, that if I wanted to have this whole elemental uh, subtext to it, I would associate Jason and his strength with water, not his weakness with water. And I would do the same with Freddy and fire. Wouldn't you reverse it in a way? Yeah, pretty much. They each used their opposite at some point in one of their movies. In the yeah. Franchise. I mean, I get, I get the theory behind making those the things that they're afraid of, but it doesn't actually work in practice. It's not consistent with what else we've been presented about these characters. And it also just feeds into this whole larger thing where um, as characters separate from each other, not even just in this movie, but... Jason is a physical force. He is nature. He is, he will completely overwhelm you the way that a tidal wave would. That's why people drown because they get overwhelmed by water and they're not able to. (laughs) (laughs) It it physically overwhelms them and that's what kills them. Whereas Freddie's whole thing is more that the belief in him spreads to other people and that's what gives him power. And fire also can start with a very small spark and quickly burn out of control. So it makes sense that Freddy is fire and Jason is water, but they don't do that in this movie. They play I'm, with those elements the opposite way. I'm so happy that you punned out on both of them. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, an issue that I have with this specific movie mm-hmm. is that you're bringing two iconic horror movie villains Mm -hmm. together. Yeah. Um, And at the time, they are the most notable because they dominated box offices for over a decade. Yeah. Um, And they had the most... I want to say they had the most... I mean, Friday the 13th, I think, had the most sequels out of any horror movies uh, up to that point. 
Yeah, I'm trying to count Halloween movies in my head right now. If no, you don't... they didn't, they only had like five yeah. up until yeah, up to this point, I think there were only up six of yeah. them, and one of them had nothing to do with Michael Myers or that whole saga. Right. So I think though this Freddy versus Jason, they didn't even structurally follow one of the franchise movies. They, I mean, it's kind of a Friday the 13th movie where the plot points fall a little more into that with like a sprinkling of Nightmare and Elm Street elements, but like there's nothing really there yeah. that makes it, it, it all, like, I feel like it tried to be its own movie too, but it failed at that. Yeah. Like, it, it failed in everything. Yeah. I will commend them for making an attempt in the first place. But it's really tough to find the balance between one movie, one franchise is always set in isolation. Part of the fear mm-hmm. that drives Friday the 13th is that everyone is isolated from the rest of society. Um, whereas A Nightmare on Elm Street takes place in the suburbs. Um, but it's always about something that people are around you and you can call out to them for help, but they don't believe you that you're really in danger from the thing that you think is causing you danger. And um, like they, they just dip their toe in that one. Yeah. But this they, one also is primarily until they go to, they don't go to Crystal Lake until like the third act. Uh, it's primarily set in Springwood. And because of that, it also loses some of the, for me, it loses some of the Friday the 13th atmosphere. And it almost feels more like, this is a Michael Myers thing. Michael Myers is closer to a Jason type slasher than a Freddy type slasher, but he operates in the suburbs. So in some ways I'm almost like, oh, this is just another bad Halloween sequel instead. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's still a lot of dreams, but it's Mm -hmm. not, like they don't mean yeah even you know gibby is running around the same boiler room but it doesn't look like the same boiler room i feel like they needed alice cooper yes (laughs) yes alice cooper would have tied this together do you want to expand on that (laughs) alice cooper appeared in the sixth installment of both movies franchises I in love, a way. I love that you pointed out it's the sixth one in both franchises. The sixth one, because he's in, he plays Freddy's father and Freddy's dead, and he wrote and performed a, the theme song for Jason Lives. The man behind that's the That's the mask. one that, yeah, that's the one that plays in the RV, if I remember correctly. Um, I feel like they just needed a good Alice Cooper song. This movie does make references. Yeah. And I have it written down. So, like, for example, when Jason impales both Frizzell and Gibb with a rod, that's very reminiscent of uh, Friday the 13th 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, with the, the two the people The spear in bed. through Sandra yes. and her boyfriend. And even, ooh, is it 6? The one with the married couple on the motorcycle? Yeah, that is part 6. But then we also have the Weston Hills Psychiatric Center that's in Nightmare 3. Mm-hmm. So, like, they, they included Easter eggs here and there to be like, hey, guys, remember these movies? They're kind of yeah. great. That I'm not is... going to lie, though. That one Friday the 13th example I gave is the only one I made note of. The rest of them are all Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. Because, like I said, I feel like they tried to do, they tried to be like, let's do a Friday the 13th movie but let's sprinkle in Nightmare on Elm Street Easter eggs. Okay, okay, I see what you mean. go with that. But yeah. I, they didn't really work. <laughs> yeah, I also, well you- it didn't work. You took a kill count for this movie, right? I did, I have a body count. Give us the body count. Okay, so for this specific movie, we have 19-ish. <laughs> <laughs> I only say that because Jason kills 17-ish people. Um, I, I, I lost count after a while in the cornfield. Yeah. That has nothing to do with either movie. That's right. Children of the Corn. Right. That honestly, that's one of the scenes that I was like, this would make sense in a Halloween movie. 
Freddy technically killed only one person. And then there's that character, Freeberg, the stoner, that mm-hmm. I don't know who <laughs> kills him. Yeah. But in their respective franchises, Freddy Krueger killed 31 people. And Pamela, Jason, and Roy killed 172 known people and animals. These are known people and animals yeah. for both, or known people for Freddy, I should say, because I know he was busy in between movies, but like we never mm-hmm. really know. Same with Jason. Like, yeah. they're, both, they're both busy in between movies. Yeah. Um, and that is inferred in, as well in this and Freddy versus Jason. Jason's a busy boy. He got some hobbies going on. Yeah. And it is, uh, I do think that's probably why, especially you talking about how there's so many more references to A Nightmare on Elm Street. I think that's probably why they, I think they tried to strike the balance with uh, Freddy having more power and having more of a myth in this movie but Jason doing more of the work, so much more of the work. But it might also be a commentary on their series, if you mm. think about it. Obviously, Jason goes for quality, for quantity, yeah. and Freddy goes for quality. Yeah, Jason is a force of nature. He is unstoppable. He sees something and he's like, he doesn't even necessarily have a motive for killing people. He's just like, that's a person in my way. You're dead now. where i think you said this um in one of the fred uh nightmare on elm street movies god damn it keep doing it um (laughs) where freddy likes to play with the fear Mm -hmm. he likes to play with his food before he kills it yeah (laughs) jason cuts right to the chase he's after the body count freddy's after the fear right and then i have other similarities between the series but oh, is there you, anything else you want to talk about with including Freddy versus Jason or not really? Going back to their backstories, we also get this contrast there because Freddy's backstory is that he was an adult authority figure who abused children. So he was killed as an act of vigilante justice. Whereas Jason's backstory is incredibly sympathetic. He was this poor, neglected, a bullied boy uh, was traumatized, right, presumed dead because of this very traumatizing event where he was fully the victim. And I do think they made a valiant effort to bring that dynamic into this movie where they make Freddie basically an abusive parental figure to poor hit dog Jason. And I think that's another reason why they threw Jason so many more kills is because he's also the one who's more sympathetic um, character-wise. So, so I know you've said this like multiple times, but would you classify Jason as the heavy and Freddy as the real villain? Yes, absolutely. So I have other things that compare the series yeah. as, as like a little more of our Venn diagram style. Yeah, let's um, do it. Uh, we had a... A woman portray our villains, um, our known villains, I should say, uh, Jason and Freddy, Mm -hmm. at some point in their franchise. Mm -hmm. Actually, in the second movie of each franchise, well, the first sequel, I should say, of each franchise. Yeah. Yeah? Did I make it even more confusing that way? No, that makes sense. (laughs) Um, Technically, yeah, go ahead. You have a crew member's girlfriend play Freddy's eye in um, that peeks out of Jesse's mouth in uh, Freddy's Revenge. Nightmare, Freddy's Revenge, Nightmare Two, and then you have the costume designer whose name I don't remember. Shady, can you look it up while I finish this? Ellen Letter. Ellen Letter um, for the second movie uh, played Jason in an opening scene and. It was a test shot that they yeah. just ended up were like, let's use it. <laughs> yeah. Which also technically makes Ellen Letter the first person to portray Jason as an adult. As an adult. Ari Lehman is the first Jason, but he's Jason as a child. I'm golf clapping you for that. Golf mm. clap. Golf clap. <laughs> um, both movies utilize 3D um, and 
unfortunately, Nightmare on Elm Street didn't think to do Nightmare on Elm Street 3D. That would have just been right on the nose, like Friday the 13th. But instead, they went for like 20 minutes of 3D at the end of a movie for random reasons. And you can't tell. And you definitely cannot tell. Just like you can't tell that Friday the 13th 3D was in 3D. Yes, here's me tossing my yo-yo at you <laughs> tossing a yo yo-yoing a yo-yo at you yo 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 um <laughs> i also uh, i don't know anymore platinum dunes michael bay's company was the producer for the for each movie's reboot mm-hmm. and each movie's reboot features aaron Wu. he is the only actor that has appeared in both a friday the 13th and a nightmare on elm street Prior to that, you had the mother-daughter team, Brooke Bundy in um, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4, playing Elaine. And then you had Tiffany Helm, her daughter, play Violet in uh, A New Beginning, Friday the 13th. Did yeah. I say Nightmare on Elm Street for the other one? Whatever. I'm just going to refer to them as a Freddy movie and a Jason movie now, even the ones that doesn't have Jason. <laughs> And then um, I didn't mention this in either special features that we've done in the last four episodes, but both franchises had a TV series that had nothing to do with the movies. I mean, (laughs) in the Nightmare on Elm Street TV show, Freddy does serve as a narrator and sometimes pops into the stories, but like... yeah. They use him as, he's basically like the crypt keeper more than like the villain of that show. And then Friday the 13th is about cursed antiques being (laughs) brought back to an antique shop, uh, (laughs) which clearly has nothing to do, but both, both TV shows are also anthologies. So yay. Mm. Yeah. did it. Yeah, yeah, that works. Um, quick question, going back to Aaron Yu being in both of the remakes, he uh-huh. he was killed in both remakes, correct? He's killed on camera in uh, Friday the right. 13th. He's and then he's the one with in... the video blog, in, uh, but he's still killed by Freddy. So he gets this special yes. honor of being the only actor who's been killed by Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger. Correct. That would be that would be a cool honor to have. If if they ever make more movies of these, I just want to be in the background and then get killed real quick by both of these killers. That'd be dope. Uh, can I add that both franchises also have one sequel that is referred to as the gay one, but in different oh, ways? Technically, you have two movies for Friday the 13th that are the gay ones. Well, yeah, that's true. You have the one that is actually gay and then the one that has a lot of gay people in it. Yes. <laughs> and then Freddy's Revenge is the gay one. But speaking of Jason Goes to Hell, the <laughs> gay one for Friday the 13th, um, that stars John D. LeMay, who was in the TV series. So he's hmm. the only actor to... That's the only... That's really the only differences with the TV series is that... Yeah. None of the actors in Fred, the Nightmare on Elm Street TV show appeared in a movie, and John LeMay is the only one that has. News. Random question. This isn't necessarily a contrast between these series, but would you agree that from both franchises, the most successful actor from any of these movies was Johnny Depp? Kevin Bacon. And... I was going to say Kevin Bacon would be the next most successful one, right? Well, we can we can say as well, a Patricia comparison, Arquette has an Oscar. But we could say as a comparison yeah. that the uh, first movie in their franchise has a now superstar yeah. um, that was killed off. <laughs> yeah. And they're both they're both kind of the same character type too, where they're just like generic hunky guy. Yes, I would agree with your later argument that Patricia Arquette is probably the more Most, successful one because she's, she's the, got the Oscar. 
Yeah, I, she's the most decorated and probably the most um, acclaimed as of right now. Johnny Depp definitely has had the most box office success out of any of them, though. And Kevin Bacon also has a strong career. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kevin Bacon has a great career. And I would say he kind of falls, if those are the two barometers of success is like prestige and decoration and then box office success, Kevin Bacon is like the balance between those two. Plus, Kevin Bacon has a game. Kevin Bacon's married to Kira Sedgwick, so good for him. I don't him. care about Kira Sedgwick. Kevin Bacon has a game. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Oh, we can win that so easily just using this franchise. <laughs> First movie, done. <laughs> Kevin Bacon was in a movie with Jason Voorhees. No, wrong. Did you not learn from the Scream episode? He is in the movie still. He's not the killer, but he's still in the movie. Uh but he, he, they don't share the screen together. No, they don't share the screen, but... Well, do you have any more similarities? Um, they both have at least one sequel that has the final in its title. That is not the final movie <laughs> in any case. Uh, Friday the 13th has two finals, and neither of them are final. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, I've got some differences. Okay. Ready? Oh, wait, one more real quick. Uh, if you've listened to our previous episodes, you know this already, but both of them have really wonky timelines where most of the movies are technically either period pieces or take place in the future. So, <laughs> go ahead with your differences. Um, my biggest difference is that, for the most part, Freddy's victims are kids, mm -hmm. teenagers. Mm -hmm. um, and then in Friday the 13th, anyone's free game. Yeah. There's actually, uh, going off that, there is like an unspoken rule in the Friday the 13th movies that Jason will not harm a child younger than he was when he was drowned. So that's why... But that's also because of the code, the movie codes. Right. Right. Um, but that's why the children who are at the camp in part six are never truly in danger. But Tommy, Jarvis, and Reggie were both in danger because they were the same age that Jason supposedly was when he drowned. Um, but yeah, Jason... The kids at the camp were his age. Were his age they were drowned. younger. They were younger. Oh, they were? Yeah. I, I mean, I would say like Corey Feldman and... Um, the actor who played Reggie, I would put them both at around 13 years old. And those kids at the camp were definitely closer to 10. Oh. Um, but, and it's also, they never actually say that in the movie. That's just sort of a thing that people have come up with as fans that Jason would never attack a child that he viewed as a victim like himself. Whereas Freddie's whole thing is that he was a child killer. He that was his target when he was still alive was young children, kindergarten age children. And again, they don't ever show it on screen, but they sure as hell imply it all over the place in that franchise. But you talked about it in, was it last week's episode or two weeks episode? I can't remember where he went after the teenagers as mm -hmm. more of a penance yes. to the parents. Yes, because that would torture the parents more that their children died because of their actions, not that they died because of their actions. So that's why the, plus also they're the screenwriters and casting directors and all that are going for the target audience, which are teenagers and young kids. <laughs> right. I have a difference from Freddy, uh, Freddy versus Jason from both franchises. You Ooh. ready? Yeah. So while Freddy was, killed quote-unquote by the mm -hmm. final girl jason quote-unquote died from his fight with freddie so the final girl had nothing to do with jason's uh death in this movie like in the rest of the series hmm hmm that's a good and call. also J jason also helped murder freddie so right yeah was jason, jason a final girl <gasps> Yes, yes, yes. Jason's the final girl. Uh, <laughs> I, I do, um, I do love the final shot of this movie with uh, Jason. You worry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I do love the final shot of this movie. And given all of the alternate endings they had in mind, I think they went with the right choice. I think it is really cool to see Jason pop up from the water carrying Freddy's decapitated head and then the wink. I think it's really um, emblematic of both characters and sort of their personality and, uh, you know, kill style in a way. And it's also kind of like another nod to mm-hmm. their respective franchises where like, you know, they come back for another episode or another uh, installment, I should say. Yeah. Uh, and they're not always dead or they're, I think I said this in the Friday the 13th episode where like they have that final like gotcha scare. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to quote Scream. Okay. I'm going to quote Scream. Mm-hmm. So I met, we mentioned this earlier. Freddy likes to play with his character, play with his victims. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Jason, well, the Friday the 13th victims, I should say, um, have women with, quote, big tits running up the stairs instead of out the front door, end quote. <laughs> yeah. So clearly, that's a dig <laughs> at Friday the 13th. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and notice how. We've probably mentioned this already when we talked about Scream, and I just kind of forget. But uh, there are digs at the Friday the 13th movies in Scream, and there are also digs at all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, except for the first one, which Wes Craven, the director of Scream, wrote and directed himself. (laughs) I love Wes Craven. What a wonderful man. (laughs) Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, Another one that I have mm-hmm. that I I, me- I mentioned definitely during the first episode of Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. um, two episode arc, is that Rachel Talalay is the only female director, only woman that is like credited like one of the top credits. Yeah, above uh, writer the line. director, but she's the only female director in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Friday the 13th has a whopping zero. We shouldn't be surprised because 80s. It what happened, but yeah. I look forward to more bigger and better things from the horror genre. Yeah. I mean, I will say if you go through the 80s and 90s, there are a lot of great classic comedy movies that were directed by women, but for some reason they were not able to do a lot of horror movies. No. So clearly it's not every genre. It was just the horror genre, mostly. Shady, we've talked yeah. to these 20 movies over five episodes. Before oh, we get to like a special features that we're going to string together. Yeah. Because that's the way we do things here. Do you have anything else you want to talk about these franchises? This yeah. This movie? Um, I do think it's interesting to note that Obviously, there are changes to Freddy Krueger's makeup as it changed hands into different makeup teams. But for the most part, the design for his makeup is consistent. The basic design for his makeup is consistent throughout his movies. Jason looks entirely different in every single movie where we get to see his face. Um, So I do think it's interesting that in addition to having been played by more actors, Jason's whole physical self has changed a lot more than Freddy's. I know... Well, you pointed out the whole thing with Freddy's sweater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's still the same basic idea behind the sweater. Jason changes from like wearing like coveralls to wearing like uh, a workman's shirt and jeans. Um, he doesn't the have the same metal. Right. He doesn't have the same physical look all the time. <laughs> um, so wait a second. Wait a second. I just had this thought. Yeah. Go with me on it. Okay. You said last week that Freddy is the Antichrist, right? Yes. Does that mean uh, Jason is Jesus? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Listen, he, I know there. I know there are other um, other items in the story that give Jason a father, but technically in the movies, we never find out who his father is. He could be immaculately conceived. Yeah. They're in the, they're in the books that I'm still waiting to hear back from our fans. (laughs) Get on it guys. Come on. Guys, let us know. (laughs) 
So yes, Jason is Jesus. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that I interrupted you, but uh, you just no you, you, that that uh, image came, you said resurrected. And I was like Jesus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because water baptism. Come on. Booyah <laughs> and fire, Satan. Come on. Come on. And it, I mean, again, in this movie, they sort of turn Jason into a good guy. He is the final girl that we, that we figured out. Right. He, he joins forces with all his friends after he's killed off all of the rest of their friends. Oh my God, Jamie, I hate us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're starting a new religion around Jason Voorhees. Uh, come join us. But, you know, we, we still have our statues to Heather Langenkamp. Right. Ooh, I wonder if we can get tax-exempt status. Ooh. <laughs> God bless G- Jason. God <laughs> bless Jason. Oh, sorry. I guess we should do special features, right? Yeah, let's move on to special features. Special features. Sometimes I am frightened, but I'm ready to learn the power of love. Usually we each take a movie, do further research, and then we try to surprise each other with what we've learned, and hopefully we surprise you, the audience. Um, but because we are technically only doing one movie, but also doing 20 movies this episode. <laughs> and we've already said a lot about each respective franchise, but there, there, are, some things, there are some things I saved just in the interest of uh, saving stuff for here. I have a few things that I could pull from. Okay. Uh, well, do you want to start with stuff about this movie, Freddy vs. Jason, in particular? I didn't look up Freddy versus Jason at all. <laughs> if I'm going to be totally clear with you. I, because I know we, we tasked each other to do a respective franchise. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I am going to not look up Freddy versus Jason. Do you have anything for um, Freddy versus Jason specifically? Um, I don't think I have anything that you, John, you already don't know because we both watched both of the doc of the documentaries and they said a lot about this movie. Um, but you know, hopefully somebody in our audience isn't aware of this stuff. Brad Renfro was the actor they had originally cast in the male lead that eventually went to Jason Ritter. Very unfortunate. He was not able to film it. He, he, he was not in a great spot in his life to be in this movie, uh, which is very unfortunate. Apparently, during their chemistry test, he and Monica Kina, who plays Lori, had amazing chemistry. And that was, she said in the documentary herself, that that was a major part of why she was cast. She said very lovely things about Jason Ritter. Um, but I don't think on screen they have really great chemistry together. No. And that is no, one no, thing. No, no, no. That is one thing that really is a detriment to this movie. He escaped a mental institution to go see her. And she's just like, what? (laughs) Nobody cares. (laughs) Um, I also, like, I like both of those actors, too. I've seen Monica Kina in a lot of things that I really like her in. I thought she was hilarious in both of the documentaries. She seems like somebody I would love to hang out with. (laughs) Yeah, she was just like, I did it. It was a thing, and the fans are great. Yeah, yeah. No, she seems very appreciative for what it's given her. Uh, she has also admitted outright that she only did this movie to boost her profile and get some money. I do think it's interesting that in real life, she saw some of A Nightmare on Elm Street as a child, and it, like, traumatized her with fear. <laughs> she was well. terrified of Freddy Krueger um, to the point where I read somewhere that her teachers at school thought she was being abused at home because she was acting so scared. And it turned out it was just because she was so scared of Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I know. So um, it, it's really cool that she does get to be the person who decapitates Freddy in this movie because she sort of got to, in a roundabout way, confront her own childhood fear that way and defeat it. Um, so that's cute. That's a cute story. <laughs> the way that you make it sound like it sounded like 
Monica Kina did this movie just like Betsy Palmer did the first movie. Pretty much. <laughs> Betsy Betsy Palmer. Fun fact that I didn't men- that we didn't mention at all. I don't think. I don't remember. I don't Betsy remember. Betsy Palmer did that movie so she can buy a car. <laughs> Good for her. Good for her. But uh, shady. Yes. You were tasked with the Freddy side of this movie. Mm-hmm. Do you have any? more trivia to talk about oh my goodness we said so much of what i already wanted to say as far as those movies um let me see if i can pull up the list of other actors who were considered for glenn for the original nightmare and actresses who were (laughs) considered for nancy because it's a pretty good list pull it up pull it up pull it up pull it up plug it up Plug it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Charlie Sheen, there was, he was interested in the role and the studio was also interested in him, but he wanted more money than New Line, a brand new production studio could afford. That's the thing too that's really interesting from the documentary that you, technically the Nightmare on Elm Street series is in, are indie films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the original Friday the 13th, too, they were distributed by Paramount, but they were, at least the first couple, were produced as independent films. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't even watch Crystal Lake Memories, and I don't even remember that. (laughs) Um, Nine hours later, I'm surprised I remember anything. Right. And then other actors who were considered for Glenn. This is a list. Nicolas Cage. Oh, Jesus. John Cusack. C. Thomas Howell. Brad Pitt, and Kiefer Sutherland. Brad Pitt was still an unknown at the time, right? Yes, Brad Pitt was very unknown. And Kiefer Sutherland hasn't done The Lost Boys yet? He hasn't done The Lost Boys yet. I don't know if this would have been one of his first big roles. Uh, Obviously, he's the son of Donald Sutherland. Um, But he himself had not made a name for himself as an actor at that point, certainly. And then the other ones, Brat Pack hasn't happened yet, right? Mm, this is like a year before Brat Pack, yeah. So, wow. They have yeah. the future Brat Packers and then f- other <laughs> big namers. Yeah. I mean, those are, like, those are guys who all have extremely successful careers now. So even if, even if they didn't go with Johnny Depp, they still would have had a future superstar as Glenn. <laughs> And then for Nancy, there were a few actresses who went on to become very famous. Jennifer Grey, Demi Moore, and Courtney Cox were uh, all auditioned for Nancy. I did see Courtney Cox was auditioned. Yeah. I think at that point, Courtney Cox had done a Bruce Springsteen music video, and that's it. I was going to say, I think that was even before that. (laughs) Yeah, it might have been. Wow. That was right around the same time that that album was released, so... Yeah, so again, a lot of unknowns. Jennifer Grey has a famous father, but otherwise unknown at that point in her career. And that's right before she would get famous herself for uh, uh, Ferris Bueller and Dirty Dancing. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, I know you know this because Wes Craven talks about it in um, Never Sleep Again, but uh, he originally wanted an older actor to play Freddy Krueger. And it, yes. and it eventually took him a while to realize, well, this is already going to be a makeup heavy part. And all of the actual older actors were auditioning are too grandfatherly <laughs> to play this type of character. So we could cast a younger guy and make him look older. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> and then he was also the, uh, Bob Shea, I believe tried to convince him to cast a stuntman to play Freddie, but the part, as opposed to Jason Voorhees, who is almost always played by a stuntman. Um, and silent, though. That's and the thing. silent, right. So they needed somebody who was a trained enough actor to pull off all of Freddie's dialogue because he has so much. And it, I think it is a thing that eventually served this movie, Freddie versus Jason, very well because it is really cool to see a stuntman who is an incredible, he's still a great actor, but he's a physical actor versus Robert England, who is, a, a, he knows dialogue. He knows how to sell dialogue. And it's interesting mm-hmm. to see them 
that contrast direct against each other. I have a good segue if if I can. Go for I'm it. Sexy segue. So speaking of stunt men in as Jason Voorhees, you have in this movie you have the at the time the tenth actor playing Jason Voorhees. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second second installment had two people playing him, mm-hmm. and I'm counting Ari in the first movie. Right. Um, so Ken Kersinger is the tenth mm-hmm. Jason. He's also a stuntman. He is the tallest Jason out of the bunch. He is six five and a half. So hello. Um, <laughs> that sounded loaded. That hello. was a loaded hello. <laughs> in when he's in full gear, though, he's about six eight. Um, so yes, um, and he is the only one in this movie in. Freddy versus Jason to be in a Friday the 13th movie. He's in Jason on a boat. <laughs> Friday the 13th 8. Yeah. Um he plays a cook in the diner that they run through that mm-hmm. gets like thrown up against uh the wall or something. Yeah. But Ken Kersinger is like 4 inches taller than Kane, Kane Hodder. Hodder. Yeah. He's taller than Derek Mears too, right? By half an inch. Ah. Ah, mm, half an inch makes a difference, though. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, uh, there is a... I know I talked about the Friday the 13th, this TV series, mm-hmm. but there were apparently two other TV series in the works. Hmm. You have Crystal Lake Chronicles. Sean S. Cunningham was working on it in 2005, and it was going to be like a coming-of-age story, much like Buffy the Vampire Slayer with Jason as a background character. Huh. Um, that obviously went nowhere. Yeah. And there's apparently a CW series that was announced in 2015 and pulled in 2016. And you know what? I'm going to bring it full circle. Yeah. Because I do, I, I remember, I do have a fun fact about this particular movie freddy versus jason mm-hmm. there is a sequel comic called freddy versus jason versus ash i think we touched upon it i can't remember because we said so much in the last few weeks in jason goes to hell you see the necronomicon mm-hmm. Did you say that right yes which is the prop used in the uh evil dead series mm-hmm. as well the Freddy's glove is used as set decoration in one of the Evil Dead movies. Yeah. So th- they made a comic book tying in all three franchises that has not only Ash versus Jason, Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, but then there's also a sequel to that called The Nightmare Warriors. But here's what's interesting about tying them into the same universe. In the very first Nightmare on Elm Street movie, on a TV set, they are watching Evil Dead. Yes. And that was done because, that was a a shout out from Wes Craven, because in Evil Dead, Sam Raimi stuck a poster for one of Wes Craven's earlier movies, Last House on the Left, in the background. Um, And so So, that was sort of like a, a, oh, thank you for shouting me out. Here is my, here's me shouting you out now. So, so it's, it's interesting inter- that, like, they put all three of these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously there's an Evil Dead movie in the universe of Freddy Krueger. But it also <laughs> takes place in the same universe. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. We're getting to, like, uh, to St. Elsewhere levels of, of uh, theorizing <laughs> here. Um, if, you, if you watched, I don't know that she talks about it that much in never sleep again because the freddy versus jason portion of that documentary is obviously more focused on the jason stuff and the crystal lake memories reverse it (laughs) did i say jason i meant freddy you meant freddy (laughs) (laughs) i'm not the only one who does it yay (laughs) too many movies (laughs) um 
So when it, during the Crystal Lake Memories uh, documentary, which is more focused on the Jason, not the Freddy side, uh, Monica Kina describes her reaction to reading um, Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, in which her character Lori is killed off in the first few pages. And her complaint was that her character Lori helps out Jason in the end of Freddy versus Jason. And uh, she, she's the one who really sort of becomes sort of in a weird twisted way, a maternal figure to him. And then immediately in the comic book, he turns around and murders her and kills her with the same machete that she gave back to him. <laughs> <laughs> because he's an ungrateful little asshole. She, um, she seems yeah. delightful. I want to be, let's, let's be besties with her. Shall we? I would, I would love that. Like, I would love so badly just to like, get some like margaritas and like hang out with her for a night. Some skinny girl margaritas. Some skinny yeah. Margs. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, like, what's the, what's the hot goss, huh, Monica? Well, speaking of hot goss, let's get into <laughs> final thoughts, right. which is very different this episode. Yeah, because it's going to be short. It's going to be super short. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I, I'm going to throw in another question. Um, would we recommend this movie? This one movie? I mean, apparently there are people who like it, so I don't know, maybe. Would you <laughs> recommend it, though, to our dear listeners, if they haven't watched it already. Um, I'm going to assume if they haven't watched it already, they don't give a shit about either franchise in the first place. So no. (laughs) No. I want to, if you're into like ironically watching really bad horror movies, I'd say Mm -hmm. watch it. Yeah. I I would recommend looking up the actual fight between Freddy and Jason because that's pretty cool. That's the interesting part. And it's only what, like four minutes? Uh, which franchise did you prefer? Uh, do you think, prefer? I think I made it very clear that I prefer Nightmare on Elm Street on the whole. And I made it very clear I prefer Friday the 13th because I think I called it a warm blanket on a crisp fall day. <laughs> yeah, I think the highs for Nightmare are higher but the lows are lower. I think Friday the 13th is more consistent. And that is something that is definitely a positive. Woohoo! We win! (laughs) Yay! Um, And then we have written down here, but I think we already answered it. Does Freddy versus Jason work in both franchises? I don't think it works in either franchise. Not this script. I know that there was like, what do they say? 15 plus different scripts over the 13 years that they yeah. finally. And I will say, if you are clever about how you look for them, you can find most of them online. I don't remember which ones because it was a few years ago, but I read like three of them and they all had interesting ideas, but I didn't think any of them would have been much better than what we got anyway. Well, I'm lazy. And if you know how I, if you have a script at hand, you can tweet me at Movies John. <laughs> And give me the script. You can tweet me if you think that my fire versus water analysis is complete bull hockey. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm censoring myself now. It's bull hockey. <laughs> and you can complain to me about that. I am at Cookie O'Shady on Twitter. It's spelled like it sounds. And you can email us if you think that we're a bunch of bull hockey for spending five episodes talking about <laughs> 20 movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are movie deja vu pod at gmail.com and for the 40th time oh it's episode 40 that is m-o-v-i-e-d-e-j-a-v-u-p-o-d at gmail.com i do a little dance every time just to yeah like... i love your dance i wish everyone could see it also i did not even realize this was episode 40 holy episode 40 40! Wow! That's a good number. I planned it at everything. Yeah. Um, 
We are on Facebook and Instagram at Movie Deja Vu Pod. We're also on Twitter at Movie Deja Vu. The pod is the Hellraiser teaser that was cut from <laughs> Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> and then next week, we're back to our usual programming, you know, talking about <laughs> two movies. Hey, everyone. Editor Shady popping in real quick to say that when we first recorded episode 40, Freddy versus Jason, we had a different plan for what episode 41 was going to be. That has since changed. We are going to be discussing Independence Day versus Mars Attacks. So, you know, if you want to watch those two movies and follow along with our discussion, not a bad way to spend your holiday weekend if you happen to be in the United States of America. And if you don't, not a bad way to spend your regular non-holiday weekend. Yeah. So, bye. Bye.